This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're watching Kramer Says. Welcome to the show. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. It's Monday, December 11th. Our guest today, Mike Felker. Mike is running for Indiana's 3rd Congressional District. We'll talk to him in just a moment. Uh, before we do that, let's talk about KramerSays.com. Have you been there? You got yourself an account? Well, if you don't, it's free speech galore. Got a, got a meme that you got kicked off of another platform for? Because they said it hurt somebody's feelings. Well, we, we enjoy those things. Over at KramerSays.com, we have a sense of humor, and we have a lot of free speech. If you want to get yourself an account, go enlist right now. We're building an army, so go get yourself an account at KramerSays.com. It's free. It's a Facebook-like experience. You'll love it. If you want to help out the J6 detainees, we're helping them as well, raising money through selling T-shirts and hats and all kinds of stuff. You can get your Kramer Says swag, um, all kinds of different designs and everything. You can get that at KramerSays.com. Says.shop. 100% of the proceeds from what we do at Kramer Says.shop, 100% go to the J6 detainees and their families. Please please help out. Please do your part at Kramer Says.shop. Only do what you can afford. With that being said, let's get to our guest today, Mike Felker. Here's his campaign video. Let's find out who Mike Felker is. I'm Mike Felker. I'm running for Congress in Indiana's 3rd District, and you don't know me yet. Like most politicians running for office in their first term, I want to tell you why I'm running, what I care about, and how I'm not a politician. But you've heard all of that before. You've heard the candidate marry his opponent in every ad. You've listened to the candidate talk about their credentials and their beliefs while smiling next to their family. You've heard them talk a big game while leaving out all the critical details. I'm not going to do that. It's not me, I'm blue collar. I'm a soldier, my boots are worn and faded. You wanna know about my service to this country? Ask the brothers I served alongside with, they'll gladly tell you. I've been a maintenance tech for 17 years. I don't have millions of dollars in the bank or big endorsements from my popular friends downtown. I believe in the second amendment. I believe in God the Father. I believe in the constitution. I'm deeply concerned with the direction of our country. And if you live in District 3, I'm willing to bet you feel the same way too. If there's one thing I know, we're not going to make any progress unless we shut up and listen. I'm not working for anyone in Washington. I'm working for you. Rather than tell you what I'm going to fix in Washington, why don't I focus what I'm going to do right here in my own backyard?
And we are back. My name is Kramer. This is Kramer Says Podcast. Our guest today is Mike Felker. Mike is running for Indiana's 3rd District. Served in the military. You heard that in the video there. And now he's wanting to take on Congress. Mike, why are you jumping into the fray and wanting to head to to D.C. so bad? Because we got to do something totally different than what we've been doing for the last 25 years. Uh, The government hasn't been working, nor its members have been working for us. They've been working for themselves. I think they think that we work for them, not the other way around, even though they say otherwise. And it's time for uh, somebody normal to uh, jump in the fray. And and who who understands that? Um, Who wants to work for the people, not the other way around? Well, tell me something about yourself. Let's go back and, and, and talk about your, your 20 years in the military, um, what you've been doing since you, you got out of the military, um, and what drove you to do this. Uh, most people j- typically want to go just through their lives and not get involved in politics at all. Uh, you were involved in, in the government through the military. Um, did that? Do you think that that prepared you for what you're getting ready to do next? It definitely did. It actually, you know, all those uh, years of service, you know, and course i've been to combat you know i served in 2003 in iraqi freedom when that kicked off uh, i was infantry the whole time so i was a ground pounder you know uh, somebody who spent a lot of time on boots on ground and then 2008 again but uh, my military service you know uh, says a lot about the so the person who i've become the man that i've become over the years and uh a lot of of course my upbringing obviously uh you know i'm cons- you know raised conservative you know we're a big gun family um kind of something we did for fun growing up was uh, a lot of shooting guns and and that kind of drove me towards the military um a big military family you know i've got you know a uncle a, my father uh i've got a son currently serving you know they my uh, uncle and my father served in um uh, they were drafted in vietnam um i've i served obviously i've got a 27 year old son who's serving currently right now he's got 10 years wrapped up and uh i've got tons of family members who've served and that's kind of the direction that the family's gone. So we're this Felker family has served this country honorably for many years. So you've got a, a heritage of, of serving your nation, and now you're going to serve in D.C., hopefully. What's what's the biggest battle that you have in front of you right now? What's the biggest hurdle you have? Uh, for me personally is uh, just getting my name out there. You know, um, there's a lot of people who, because uh, I work for a living, you know, I'm out here punching a clock every day, um, just like everybody else out there. Um, so when I'm in my off time, I get home. I don't have a lot of family time, unfortunately, because I'm trying to get out there and campaign. I'm trying to get my name out there and my campaign out there so people can see who I am. Because unfortunately, um, most people, <laughs> they're not paying attention to what goes on. Uh, maybe they're oblivious to it or just have given up on what's going on in government right. and feel like they don't have a, a vote or a, a say in what's happening. When you're going door to door and you're doing your campaigning, what's the what are you getting from the people that you're talking to? Are they are they happy with what they have currently in India, the representation that they have in Indiana right now in D.C.? Well, I would say yes and no. And uh, to be honest, a lot of people aren't really educated because I ask a lot of questions that people should have answers to. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who don't know what district they live in. There's a lot of people who don't know who their representative is and I can tell you for the majority of people and you know this was kind of me in my younger years but not so much in my adulthood but a lot of people have no idea what's going on in Congress what what did we vote on you know district three what were the last three things that district three voted on and um, what our representative did and, and most people can't tell you the answer to any of those questions do you do you think they're concerned though do you see that they're concerned that we can't stay on this path anymore is there any talk along those lines 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, most people are. I I tell you what, I run into Democrats, and they not. I have not Kramer. I'm telling you, I haven't met one American who's out there who says we're on the right path, regardless right. of what party it is. Everybody has said that the country's in decline, that we can't sustain this, um, especially with the you know the division in the country. That's a big thing uh, for either party member. But the spending and of course immigration is is on the top of the list, along with uh, obviously uh, inflation and what we're we're spending as blue collar or, or I would call uh, people who are considered middle class anymore these days. Uh, how much money we're shucking out um, more than we used to typically do two years ago. Well, it looks like now that half the money that we make, uh, half, goes back out through taxes. So uh, I just saw a representation today if you're living in California and you make $1.5 million a year, 49.8% or some of that ballpark, 49.8% goes out to taxes before you spend a dime. Half the money goes out the door automatically. And they're saying, well, they, they should. They, they should pay their fair share. Half is not fair. Would you agree? I agree. So this is what separates me, Kramer, from from a lot of Republican people out there. I'm I'm cool with with uh, you know corporations and getting some tax breaks to a point, but uh, you know they talk about Reaganomics and how you know corporations back in the day would get tax breaks and they would you know give that money off to the consumer or to their employees. That doesn't happen these days. Corporate corporate America is hoarding that money. I'm really disappointed um, with my Republican Party. We should have never give corporate America those steep tax breaks. They should have gave it to the middle class or to the working class because they're the ones who are constantly getting hammered with taxes. So, you know, there's no loopholes for us. There's no hiding it in some Cayman Islands or or be able to invest it, you know, without getting taxed. So we need to uh, start looking out for the working class people who have been left behind in this country. So what's your answer for that? When you say looking out for, for the working class, how do you, Mike Felker, how do you go to D.C. and make that happen? It's going to, well, first of all, i got to tell you, I'm one of those guys who wants to get involved. we got to get the district back involved, the people back involved. So it's about what they want and what they think that we can achieve. Because I'm one guy. It's hard to get one guy elected and he's going to, I'm going to go to D.C. And, and take care of everything. I get it. I, you know, as a freshman member of Congress, you don't have a lot of power you don't have a lot of sway in what the leadership is doing and right. what policy changes are being made um at that uh at the that level at the leadership level but um you've got to make relationships you know uh, with the other freshman members of congress and you've got to make relationships with hopefully some of the older members you know some of the leadership and then uh, try to drive that wedge in there and uh start focusing on that because like you said we can't continue on this this path that we're in of spending and um and borrowing like we are, and we're, we're killing off our children's, uh, what our children's future and our grandchildren's future. The uh, the border's been open uh, since Joe Biden uh, became president. Uh, we had gotten the situation pretty pretty well taken care of with Trump, and we're dealing with it, but they've opened it wide open. And uh, last week we saw that in Lukeville, Arizona, that the uh, Border Patrol had completely abandoned that port of entry, and people were just streaming through tens of thousands. What's the solution, Mike? What do you, when you get to Congress, what would be the thing that you would do on day one for this issue alone? Um, What would you mandate or or, or be calling for automatically? What would you want to be doing? How much noise would you be making uh, to get this issue taken care of? Well, I tell you what, 
my district and myself, we we're going to be screaming, close the border, shut it down completely. And I don't know if uh, a lot of people out there have no idea, but you know, we're, we give almost 70 billion, or excuse me, $70 million in financial and aid to Mexico every year. And right. I mean, every annual, I'm like, so we need to one, close the border down, shut it completely down. And two, we need to stop all fun, all money going to, to taxpayer dollars going to Mexico needs to cease and desist. And so we can figure out what's going on a path forward because the, the president of Mexico, he's the one that's, that's destroy, helping destroy our country by letting all these people just ro roll right through Mexico. One of the other issues that's um, um, a side effect of the open border is the human trafficking and drugs. What what's the uh, what are the people of the third district saying about this issue of human trafficking, the illegal immigrants, and the drugs that are coming in, and Joe's uh, Joe Biden's hesitancy of doing anything about it? Are they pushing the blame back on him, or are they following the narrative that it's Trump's fault somehow? Well, most people, of course, you know, I live in conservative USA here. We were actually talking about this Saturday with some constituents uh, from 3rd District, and they were talking about the drugs coming across and the fentanyl. And I, I always say this because it really, it really makes me very disappointed and very upset because I hear how we're the strongest, we're the toughest country in the planet, you know, but we can't really, we can't control um, the border, the drugs that are right. coming across. We can't stop the drug, you know, the traffickers bringing, you know, trafficking children and and whatever else they're trafficking across our southern border um even our northern border at some times but um nobody's happy with it we need to figure out a plan i think we should close the borders immediately for as long as it takes we need to vet all these people that we've let in the millions and that's going to take some time and and unfortunately uh it's going to take forever but uh, we need to do it methodically until it's done then maybe we can start focusing on reopening parts of the border again you know we got to let commerce through but other than that close it down well there's there's been a call here in the last few months from from some conservative conservative um republican leaders and politicians and and they're what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to to do mass deportations number one do you support that number two is that feasible this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I support it, but I'm living in the real world, Kramer. It's not going to happen. Right. Um, you know, it's going to be stuck in court systems and everything. So we've got to figure out at least some way a path to citizenship. I, don't, I mean, I don't even know. Um, it, that's going to be some big debate that's going to have to happen. And I'm going to have to debate that with the people that I serve, my district. It's not going to be what I want. It's going to be what they want. What would be... Um, what would be your position on that? Would you Would you side with... Uh, allowing the illegals to become citizens and giving them a path, or would you, would you, given the opportunity, say no? We're gonna, we're gonna go for mass deportation, and, and they can, ha they can come back in, they can go through the, do things the right way, but they've got to get out until they rectify what they've done wrong. Is it, which, which side of that aisle are you on? It's, I don't know. It's gonna be, it's, I'm kind of hit and miss because I don't know. A lot of these people, you know, some of them might be have, have jobs, you know, some of them might have families this time, at this time. It's, it's. It's the problem belongs solely on the United States Congress. 
in the last 25 years. So whatever crap sandwich that we're going to serve these people <laughs> that came in, right? Um, we owe, I mean, it's, it's their fault, but it's our fault at the same point because we've had 25 years to fix this Kramer and it, now it's out of control. It's beyond out of control. And, uh, I don't, I don't, there's not an easy solution to it. There's not a one size fits all here. So it's going to have to come from. Well, but eventually, don't you agree though, that at some point there to fix things, we have to start fixing things one at a time and saying, you know, well, there's not one thing that's going to fix it, uh, but we can try, right? We can try to find several things, uh, but we have to start that process. So in your brain, what does that look like? If, if, if new Congress comes in, uh, and the, the president and whoever that is, and, um, the Congress, whoever they are, if they're ready to come together and talk about really getting the border taken care of, in your mind, what does that look like? How does that happen? So what I would love to see at first is we got to figure out how do we process people that we're going to allow to come in. They can't, they can't jump the ship like they're doing right now. I think I've, I've I think I've mentioned this before to people. You know, I, I want to see a modern day Ellis Island somewhere on the border. Okay, and but these people that are here now, they need to they need to be shipped to that location and right. and bedded and taken care of. And when they're blessed off on, we know that they're not you know going to do any harm to the country or they're not people who don't belong here because they have you know lengthy rap sheets or whatever from wherever they come from. Then then we let them in and then they assimilate into society and then maybe they pay something to uh uh, to get their citizenship or however um i don't know how that's going to work but um they got to start somewhere they've got because we're spending what what is it so far this year i think we spent 600 billion almost a half a trillion just getting these people through to uh, a dysfunctional point that they're at now where they're having maybe two or three years from now they're going to have their court date and well, they, they said I heard, I heard a report the other day, Mike, that it's even worse than that. That some of these court dates are six to eleven years down the road. I wouldn't put, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, six I to mean, eleven the, years are the dates for these for these people to get their their you know their their day in court. Uh, but they get to they get to reap the benefits of being an American or being allowed in automatically without going through the process. And here, here's the problem that I have. The problem that I have is that there is somebody in Italy, in Africa, and in New Zealand, in Australia, somebody on the other side of the planet has gone through and taken the years that it takes to I do agree. all dot all the I's and cross all the T's and get everything done, and then they get their green card or or they get their visa and they're allowed to come to the U.S. Why is it okay for the people south of the border to say, I'm going to skip that line and not do what I have to do, and we, the American people, have to bear the brunt of that? Why Why has that been justified? What do you think? Is it well, for votes? I don't think it's, I don't really don't think it's justified. I just think it's, uh, uh, dare, I don't know. Dare well, they're allowing it to happen. They're allowing yeah, it to are. happen, right? So if somebody's justifying it. Yep. Yep, and of course there's no, that's the problem with the United States of America. This is the problem with the people of this country is there's no accountability, Kramer. And I'm not trying to put it off on the citizens, but we, the Constitution says we the people, not we the government. And we all know it's messed up, but what are we, the people, doing about it? We're just handing it over these problems that we're, that we're you know, getting dumped on to these 435 members of Congress and they're, dumping money into a black hole they're they're allowing these people to come through because they they're not doing what the work of the american people 
but that's what they tell you to your face, and we know they're full of crap. And, uh, <laughs> well, well they, they, they tell you a lot to your face. Here, here's what I've come to realize is that the majority of people who step forward and say, me, 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 put me in, in line to, to, to be in charge of making the rules are generally, nine times out of ten, got their toe into corruption and, and graft and all these other issues that we find out later. And the problem is how... <laughs> We can't get rid, and this is, <laughs> this is it's all tied together. There's no way that we're going to deport all of these people. Do, do you know how I know that? Because we can't get rid of the motherfuckers that are in Congress that are exactly. doing illegal shit. So yep. um, knowing that up front and knowing how corrupt it is, why jump into it, Mike? Because uh, I, I haven't given up on the people in this country yet. I mean, I think... What I believe is not happening that should have been happening for the last 25, 30 years is people, uh, whoever get elected, our members of Congress are all politicians at this point in their minds, and they don't they think a certain way. None of them are out there saying, hey, I need to get my district involved. I need to get people back in. You now, we need to start. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here that we need to start uh, having considering the public instead of doing something after the fact, instead of getting them involved, because. Nobody out there, Kramer, nobody is saying, I wish government would spend more money than it takes in. I wish government would increase in size. I wish the border would be wide open. I wish more illegal immigrants would come through our southern border. Nobody is saying those things, but yet that's what's happening. You don't have a Congress or any member in this country who's out there focusing with their district, having an actual relationship with them, and letting them know what the hell's going on. So they're educated enough to to execute oversight which is exactly what should have been happening 25 30 years ago um abraham lincoln said this nations do not die from invasion they die from internal rottenness and that's exactly what our country has well that's what Cruz said, said that he was going to do back in the 60s he said that we're not going to attack your shores we're not going to bomb you we will, we will destroy you from the inside and here we are 60 years later and he was absolutely right yep yeah, well, what's that other one? I like quotes, man. It says, give all the power to the many, they will oppress the few. Give all the power to the few, they will oppress the many. Yep. And we just got to get we got to get back to our constitutional yep. responsibility. Mike, you're absolutely right. Our guest is Mike Felker. Mike is running for Congress in Indiana's 3rd District, and we'll be talking to him about what he plans to do when he gets to D.C. when that happens right after this. Kramer says, we'll be right back after these messages. Kramer Says is everywhere. Twitter, True, Instagram, and always on America's fastest-growing free speech platform. Kramer Says Social. Make your free account today at KramerSays.com. Kramer Says is back in three, two. We're talking Mike Felker. Mike is running for Congress in the U.S. 3rd District uh, in Indiana, and uh, he's an outlier. Right there's a bunch of people with money. There's a bunch of people with backing. He's not one of them, so he needs your help. It's a 100% grassroots effort. Mike, if people wanted to uh, to donate to your campaign, where would they hit you up at? Yeah, absolutely. Look me up on my website at felkerforcongress.com. There's a donation tab. There's lots of information on there for you to see what I'm about, what makes me different. Because I'm telling you, I'm not a bullet pointer. I'm much. There's a lot of things that I know that we should be doing that we're not doing that nobody else, including the other, you know, six, eight candidates that are out there running for this position that they're going to do. They're just, it's more of the same. It's the same government that we're trying to get away from. And I'm telling you, I'm going to work my butt off to make sure that that doesn't happen. 
Well, let's let's talk about what the differences are. What what makes you different? What do you think really makes you different above the others? Separates you from the crew? Well, you never hear anybody ever talk about our gun community. So one thing, you know, we'll talk probably hopefully later is that I want to organize our gun community. You know, you get uh, a lot of members of Congress out there who, you know, say they support the Second Amendment and all that. And, uh, you know, they might throw up a, a, a snap, you know, picture of them with a, a shotgun right. or something on their Instagram or something. And that's right. where they're that's when they're, uh, you know, Second Amendment um, support begins and ends. You know, they they're not going to vote on any new gun legislation. But what does that do for the gun community? We still are constantly under attack. So getting them involved and making sure who are, you know, who, who's our Congress, who's our sheriff, and who's our senators, those are gonna be the primary people that are, we're gonna make sure that uh, are focusing on. Um, I'm gonna obviously get the public back involved. Talk about knocking on doors long after the election's over. You gotta have a relationship, Kramer, which doesn't ever happen anymore. The only time you ever see Congress anymore, uh, back in the district typically, is when they're complaining about the other the other party, you know, it's the same talking points, right. same bullet points that you hear. They all say it. And then they're out there knocking on doors on the people who are handing out the campaign contributions. You know, they're not knocking on neighborhoods uh, that typically don't hand out, you know, the blue collar, the, the working class people, you know, who aren't necessarily involved in what the Republican Party's doing. Right. So that's what I'm going to do. Nobody does that. And that's exactly what I intend to do is primarily those two things, because I'm a I'm a term limit candidate, six years, not that it's guaranteed, and then I'm leaving. You're not going to see me running for, for, for office again. So, when you say six years, when you say you're going you're gonna to jump out, you, you're, you're not going to hop over to the Senate or a hop to mayor to governor. You're done. Your service is done, correct? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, yes. Yeah. I'm not going to be a lobbyist. You know, I'm not going to be trying to you know, dice my pockets. You know, And that's something that a lot of people don't. You don't hear anymore you know everybody because when when i first got in here kramer a lot of people were uh hitting me up there's a couple of organizations out there that are promoting the term limit and every candidate is signed a term limit pledge well it's right. not a self-limit kramer it's not a self-limit it's a hey if it comes up for a vote i'll vote in favor of it well we all right. know that that's never going to happen right so you don't have to ask me that's what makes me different from them i'm i'm who i say i am i'm I'm a con guy who believes in the United States Constitution and what the founders wanted, and they didn't want you to be a career politician. And that's exactly what we have, where it's all about competing pools of money. What's the um, what's the biggest single threat that you see facing uh, the nation today? For now, it's right now, it's the debt. It's absolutely the debt. They're ki they're killing us. Um, I know uh, there's a lot of people out there who don't think we're going to make it past the 2024 elections. I'm I'm kind of on the fence there, but uh, I think we got less than a decade to get our shore up uh, some of these problems, you know, the immigration and the debt issue. Right. Um, I really don't understand. Uh, I mean, we're going to have to do some massive cuts in spending, uh, get rid of a lot of people in government. But uh, I think our problems are still manageable. I mean, it's getting to a point where we're heading over a cliff and there's no looking back. But um, I'm trying to be optimistic and it just has to we have to have somebody who. Um, I like quotes and I go back to something that uh, Henry Ford said, you know, which was what's right about America is though we have a mess of problems. I mean, that's more relevant today than ever. Right. But we have great capacity, intellect and resources to do something about them. And it's time we start electing men and women who think that way, who understand that we do have 
capacity, intellect, and resources to do something about our problems. Do you re- do you think the the reason that we haven't done anything about it is because um, Americans are too soft? Uh, they don't want things changed. Uh, you know, when when they yeah. they say we've we've got to rearrange Medicare or Medicaid or Social Security or any of these other programs. Um, as soon as you you start to talk about those, that's the third rail, and Americans start saying, "Well, I don't want to lose anything. Nobody wants austerity, but they don't want the debt." So if Americans are unwilling to give up what they think they're getting for free, how likely are politicians to be able to change anything and get it back on track? Because at some point, they're going to have to touch that third rail. How do you do it? It's going to be tough. I mean, if this was easy, everybody would be doing it, you know. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, everybody wants change, but everybody wants to stay comfortable. And I, I know I've said that quite a few times. And so... Again, I'm just hoping to, because there's a, I just, I'm running because I feel that there has never been more of an appetite right now for some, because people are done with politicians, they're done with lawyers, and I just think that there's, there's enough of the public out there across the country who is serious about doing some things, some change, but uh, again, I'm going back to, uh, you just got to have the right person who wants to lead and step out of the shadow and get everybody else out of the shadows and take them with you and and just focus on what we could control as a district and maybe then we can start focusing on what we can do as a state and then as a country uh, it's it's going to be difficult i know it's going to be an uphill battle it's not going to be easy right. but we got to do something different it has we have to do something different than what we're doing right now the strategy we've been doing for the last 25 years ain't working right i i 100 tell me about your tell them tell me more about your your um dedication to supporting and defending the second amendment you that's where your your heart call is right it is absolutely yeah so I'll, i'm gonna tell you i i can shoot move and communicate all right and that's this second amendment is the only thing that's keeping this country free right now and it right. boggles my mind when i hear people talking about you know getting rid of whatever, uh, you know, the assault rifles or whatever, but they don't even understand what the hell that works. Right, exactly. Well, so, man, let, let, yeah. let's, let's have it, you know, let, let, let's break this down a little bit and get into some de- detail here. Um, you served in the military. You were a grunt on the ground who had a military weapon. Is an AR a military-grade weapon? No, it is not. Would you want to take it into battle with you? In, in As a military man, would you want to take that rifle onto the battlefield with you, an AR-15? I'm gonna say absolutely no. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my M4, which is fully auto, and um, I've got plenty of experience with. So, and you've got military military grade, you know, obviously upper lower sights, all that kind of stuff, red dot or whatever they give you. So yep. that's what I'm that's what I want to take the battle with me. Yep. So my AR is not. I mean, sure it might take the same kind of round, but they're different, and yep. people people just have no idea. You know? Well, I, I I've got a sports car. Right. Uh, And that's what I drive. That's my daily driver. It is in no way, shape or form in any way close to being a race car. And that's what I look at the AR versus the M4. Military grade weapons, they're the race cars. They're built specifically to do what they do. And an AR is, well, it's the weekend recreational version of it, the way I've always looked at it. Would would that be correct? That's how I, that's exactly how I yep. view it. Yeah. Yep. So. Still dangerous, still dangerous, um, Absolutely. But, but not a military weapon. So when they say that, well, our founding fathers didn't intend for you to have military grade weapons. Uh, and I think Biden said the other day, didn't he say the other day that you couldn't own a cannon when that is not the case at all. You, you could own a cannon. <laughs> yeah, I've got, we've got, 
I've got family who have several. Exactly. Yeah. It's not illegal. Tell us about uh, your efforts with the Second Amendment. What are you trying to do in your district uh, in unifying uh, gun owners and gun shop owners? Let's talk about that. Yeah, so uh, right now i am just tr- been focusing on trying to get in touch with some of the gun um, uh, owners, obviously the people who own some of the shops out there because obviously they're pro-Second Amendment. You know, a lot of these folks obviously are, you know, back in the – are police officers – you know, and, and actually giving them the, their firearms, you know, supplying them with their firearms. So I'm trying to work with them. If anybody out there is listening and they're in the third district, you know, give me a look, give me an opportunity. And uh, I love to have coffee, sit down and, and chit chat with you and see what we can do, obviously, to kind of get to this organ, you know, to organize this gun community. It's not it's not all about me, you know. And like I said, I only want to be in there for six years. Not that it's guaranteed, Kramer, but right. but I want to be in there for six years. And when that when I'm done with my six years, man, we the people should have a very good baseline of our gun community. And you don't need them, you know, Mike Felker in there to make sure that the gun community maintains, you know, it being organized and making sure that uh, that Second Amendment is going to be there for the longevity for our grandchildren. Well, I think it's amazing when when I talk to conservatives and I've talked to several here recently who have said, well, I, you know, there, we could give some compromise on the Second Amendment. I go, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. We compromised on abortion. We didn't want it, but we compromised to make peace. And it went from we're only going to use it as a, as a, as a service for um, those who get raped and incest because that's who they they sold it for that's that's who they had to guarantee the ability for is that group and then they took it all the way to well no we should be able to kill a baby on the the day it's supposed to be born and and if it dies 28 days up to 28 days after it's been born then we're not going to look at that either we're going to kill it we're going to look at that as as an abortion as well and we won't hold you responsible so when we compromise on morality these issues when we compromise on protection does it ever Giving away those freedoms, giving away those rights, allowing uh, a crime to be committed, does that ever benefit the people at all? Uh, do, do we, the people, benefit from being limited on what we can and can't do? Absolutely not. And then again, you know, you go back to the founding fathers, you know, James Madison, you know, some of the stuff that he had said, you know, that uh, you can't legislate um, people's behaviors. Right. So, you know, don't. Don't try to take a law that abiding citizens firearms away, you know, or ban a specific firearm because something some idiot did. You know, I mean, we could be doing that with vehicles and knives and well, that's what it is. You know, and again, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, like how many people died protecting that first, you know, that Constitution and that Second Amendment is obviously part of that Constitution. So I've got people that I know personally who have served and died overseas, you know, in Afghanistan and Iraq who died for that first and second, third, all the way up to that 27th Amendment, you know? So um, their precedence, I'm sorry, takes over anything that you ha- that you uh, want to take away from, from me. It's not going to happen, and I definitely won't do it. Again, you know, my um, support for the Second Amendment doesn't start and stop with a photo on flipping Instagram, okay? Right. So we're going to take, we're going to, you know, we're going to do some, things that we should have been doing 25 30 years ago that we're not doing and we're going to maintain those things and we're going to have a very robust i suspect uh, gun community in the third district and i certainly hope that first second district takes notice you know all the way up to the ninth district in the state and then next thing you know we've got one big robust uh, uh you know gun community that maybe right. it kind of fluctuates out to the the other states the other you know michigan well, ohio I- kentucky 
Mike, what I think is interesting is that the people, <laughs> the people yelling at the top of their lungs that we shouldn't have um, the right to bear arms, that it's too dangerous, are the same exact ones that are calling for people to be censored and removed. Um, their voice should be silenced. And we see time and time again, the loudest voices of disarm yourselves or we'll cause you a problem are also the same group of people saying that you don't have rights that we don't give to you. And that's what the Second Amendment does is it it. it levels that playing field and says, well, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but you can't make me go along with it because I have the ability to defend myself. When, when you put it that blunt, um, do, does that ever change anyone's ideas or minds? Do you think that that's a, a viable or do you think that they just look at the gun as an object that's got to go and they, they hate it so much? It's, it's like the person that they hate, but they don't even know why they hate them anymore. They've hated them for so long that they've yeah. lost that, that reason for hate. Do you think that that's a potential issue here? Yeah, it could be. I think a lot of it is, you know, these people that have no understanding of firearms anyways. And, uh, I mean, think about all the firearms that are out there in the United States. I mean, look at, you know, to my immediate left is my gun safe, and I've got probably more than normal uh, amount of <laughs> firearms, and they have never hurt a single person. No. So on the flip side of the coin, when it comes to people, you know, what I always tell people is, and, and I've got firsthand, and I've heard and seen this, because we were talking about it again the other day, um, with some of the constituents in District 3 were we got to make sure that the the communities, you know, our state and local governments are holding criminals accountable before they're violent, they're, you know, their crimes turn to gun violence. Right. And it's always after the fact, you know, we have a mass shooting somewhere and we're like, oh, they, you know, they were on some watch list from the FBI, right. you know, six months ago. And it's like, well, what the hell were they doing with a firearm, you know, and how did yeah. they get access to a firearm or where did it come from or why didn't we intervene or you know i mean why didn't they you know make contact with that person and make sure that uh you know they were well they were too busy they were too busy tracking down parents who don't want trans uh material being taught to their kids in schools they were busy tracking down people that were at the capitol on january 6th they're they're busy tracking down people who have ashley biden's diary they're 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 actively going through a former president's home that's what they're doing mike that's what they've been doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why they're not getting the criminals. I, and I know I'm oversimplifying it, but we're in a situation, in my, in my belief, I think that when they took corporal punishment out of schools, when they made it that the, the teachers could not show any authority to the, to the kids, we've seen over a, a two to three generations since that was pulled out. If, if you don't have authority from someone, someone who really truly cares for, for you, telling you you can't do this or do that, eventually down the road, you're not going to have any um, fear of any authority. Right. Mr. Cooper, you get in trouble in Mr. Cooper's class. He takes you out in the hall and gave you a couple of whacks. And then that was it. But that was it. You, you saw that if you didn't behave, that there was there was repercussions. Well, today we don't have those, Mike. It's gone. And so we've got young men and young women in the streets. And this is people of all colors. Everybody thinks when I talk like this that I'm talking about the black community. I'm not. I'm talking. It's everywhere. You can go yeah. down to the south, south side of Indianapolis and I can find the exact same white community that I can find in the black community. I can find the exact same violence and so on in those. So my point is, and what I'm tr- in a very long-winded way of saying, is that these these are, are problems that have been in our system for for decades now. Are we going to unwind this clock in a couple of years, or is it going to take years for us to get back to the point of a responsible electorate citizenry where we don't have the wilding that we're seeing, the crash and grab or the the smash and grab crimes? Does this get worse or better? And how do we get it better as soon as possible if it can be better? 
Oh boy, yeah. So there's a lot to chew on there. Yeah. I, I think it's going to get worse, but the people again, it's going to all be go back to the and be involved. Uh, something Napoleon said back in the day was, um, I, I always like quotes because you know history tells us our, what's going to happen in our future. You know, and so right. we we, we got to learn from those things, whether we like it or not. There's there's always a lot of stuff to learn. So you know the. The world suffers a lot, not because of the evil, the evil people, but because of the silence of the good people. Yep. So right now, there's quite a few silent people that are kind of coming out of the shadows, but not enough. And um, you know, and people are going to have to kind of band together. I, I I can see it every now and then. Um, you know, I see a lot of it on social media and stuff, and some 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 news uh, media's. You know, where you know people are trying to steal stuff and you know, say out of a, a Menards or whatever, you know, right. a, a tool or something. And the people of the, who are shopping, you know, stop that person because obviously the, the staff and have no authority to do <laughs> right. it, which is bon drives me bonkers, you know? So, but, because uh, that's their store, you know, that's where they shop yep. and they don't want their prices to go up and people are tired of it and it's coming to a head. Right. It's just, but we don't need more laws. We don't need more, you know, uh, government to to tell us what's right and what's wrong and and how to fix us. We just need people to get back involved and again. Well, we just need the government to be to, to enforce the laws that we have in the books, the ones exactly. that they said that we needed to protect ourselves, so that we didn't have the problems that they wrote the laws for. Right? They they said they yeah. were solving a problem. Well, that problem has gotten worse, and they've stopped following the exact laws that they passed themselves. Joe yeah. Biden was part of the process of the, the 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 wall. He was part of that southern border process. If you go back and you listen to the Democrats in the '90s and 2000s, they sound like Republicans. Republicans, yeah, they do. Yeah, all the way back to freaking Bill Clinton. You know? All the way back, they were all Republicans. Yep. I, I think what happened is we have a. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh, publicly but the republicans are now the democrats from the 90s and the democrats are now you know the communists or the you know the the socialists and so everybody has done a left you know uh, move to the left and there's only a few of us you know that are you know stayed center right and um i mean i'm not far extreme right i'm just right in the middle where you know there's empathy and 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 logic i would say right. and, and and following the constitution Yep. But uh, local levels is bad, too, because, I mean, I got here, you know, I live here in Kaskaskill County, and I know several people who have been arrested 10, 15 times. And, uh, I mean, sure, a lot of it hasn't really violence, but um, I'm like, what in the heck are they still doing out on the street? Yep. You know, I'm like, that's that guy that he's been in the paper like 10 times this year for being arrested for meth or for whatever. And it's. You know, they just don't want to lock them up. And, well, one of the things I've said is the most dangerous, some of the most dangerous people that you'll ever see or ever run into, Mike, are those who are willing to accept the consequences of their actions, right? So yeah. that's good and bad, right? I'm one of those people. Right. I will accept the consequences of my actions. I have no problem with it. But if I'm a crook, that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what we've absolutely. got. They don't care because the consequences aren't harsh enough. They know the system. Talk to any criminal. Talk to any criminal who's been through the system, especially one that's been through the system as a child. They know the system better than attorneys and judges do. They know right. how it works, what you can and can't do, how long you'll be be in, what your bail's going to be. What the, they know the process across the board. 
There's something wrong with that. When a when a, a young man knows more about the penal system than he does about reading, writing, and arithmetic, or how to be successful, we've lost in this nation. Our guest is uh, Mike Felker. Uh, Mike is running for Indiana's third district. We'll be talking to him more when we come back after this. Kramer says we'll be right back after these messages. Kramer Says is everywhere. Twitter, Truth, Instagram, and always on America's fastest-growing free speech platform. Kramer Says Social. Make your free account today at KramerSays.com. KramerSays.com. America's political prisoners need our help. Kramer Says is on a mission to raise $100,000 or more. Can you help? Join our mission mission today at KramerSays.shop. Kramer Says is back in three, two, Felker, I keep doing I've, it. I keep I keep hitting the uh, the wrong button there. <laughs> There's a video playback button I keep hitting. Our guest is uh, Mike Felker. Mike is running for Congress in Indiana's third district, and um, it's a grassroots campaign. He's not part of the system. He's never been a politician. Uh, he's running a grassroots campaign. Mike, the the toughest part is is getting your name out there and raising money. Can you tell people how to get a hold of you if they want to help you out with your campaign? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, number one. Uh, I don't beg people for money because uh, I, I'm not a, a politician. And you, I'll say that a hundred times, cause, and I'll never be a politician. I'm always going to be a government servant if you guys let me uh, win this congressional seat. But uh, you can always get a hold of me. I'm at felkerforcongress at gmail.com. If you want to actually uh, have a conversation or you want to link up or get a hold of me some way, that's how you do it. Um, you want to donate $17.76 to my campaign. That's the kind of money I ask people because, you know, the people that I know, they work for a living. They punch a clock just like I do, you know, and that's not going to usually typically break somebody's bank. So I appreciate um, $17.76 donation. You can do that through my website at Felker for Congress at, uh, excuse me, FelkerforCongress.com. And um, I, re- I really appreciate uh, everybody who donates, you know. I mean, it's it's, it's all about... Um, competing pools of money at the high end when you talk about some of the, uh, the establishment candidates, as I call them, that are running for Congress uh, right now, especially the ones that are running against me. There's usually about four or five of them, and they're pushing out hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm, I'm maybe approaching the $10,000 mark, but, uh, you know, I put $15,000 of my own money, you know, in there. And trust me, I worked a lot of overtime and uh, worked a lot of hours to be able to, to, to do that. Um, so I'm not rich. I'm not well connected. I don't have, as I said in the in the video earlier, that you know I don't have friends who uh, have thousands of dollars to donate to my campaign. You know, and you don't need hundreds of thousands of dollars to ruin a congressional seat. Yep. What you need is to get off your butt and do the grassroots thing. To get out there, do the hard work, get knocking on doors, getting you know small groups of people, and then. Uh, do the right and that's how you do the right thing and then you can get your name out there and then you can win it's just for some odd reason we've gotten to the point in this country where it's all about competing pools of money you know that that's kind of the party that's pushing that agenda and uh we got to get away from that and everybody's sick of it and but yeah a lot of these people who are calling them outsiders are taking all the money from all the insiders and that's how you see candidates out there you know six you know six months in uh from the day that they, you know, back this right. year, that they've already got a hundred, you know, four or five hundred thousand dollars in their campaign coffer. You know, I mean, the, the election isn't Kramer isn't till May seventh. Right. So you know, they've got. I'm like, how you got five hundred thousand dollars, and where's that money coming from? So yep. I, I know where it's coming from. It's coming from people who are insiders, and of course, 
nothing's for free. It's all, you know, those people are going to have to owe them a favor or, you know, they're going to get some kind of, you know, uh, favor or something to that effect. You know, nothing's for free. So well, we've um, seen that. We've seen that over the last um, few months and the information that has um, been dripping out from Congress about Hunter Biden's involvement with China and, and the monies that have been paid to the Biden family. And it looks like now directly to Joe Biden through proxies. Um, it's corrupt as all get out. And we need people in Washington, D.C. that are actively fighting against this. And, and the problem that I see, and I, I think that you realize it yourself, is that, and you've said it, one man going there cannot do anything. The city is run by the the, the lobbyists and the insiders and the deep state. Um, it, with that being the case, how important do you think it is for the voices of the people that send you to D.C. to be involved on a daily basis as well? Because it can't just be you. It has to be them. Talk about that. What involvement you'd like to see from the constituents of the, the third district? Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to tell people. So I'm not going to solve our problems, Kramer. The district is going to be the ones that are going to solve the problem. I mean, I'm just one guy again. You know, I've got 700 plus thousand people that are in District 3, and those people are the ones that are going to have to be the squeaky wheel that gets to grease. And hopefully, again, go back to the scenario where we're talking about, you know, what we're doing differently than what the other districts in the state are doing. Hopefully they get on board. There's a lot of good candidates out there, you know, um, that are running for Congress. And some of them in the dist- in Indiana, some of them are just like me, or, you know, they're like-minded. Right. And those people need to, you know, those are the people that I want to link up with um, once we get elected and we can start focusing on change. Um, something else that a lot of people don't understand is, is there's 19 state representatives in District 3. And then you've got, you know, your two senators and you've got your, obviously your member of Congress. So you've got, what is that, 22, 23 people there that are um, represent that you have on the federal and the state side. So why aren't they getting together? You know, they all got elected by the exact same people. So why aren't the federal guys working with the state guys, vice versa, once or twice a year, um, trying to work on what they can do better that's for the district, things that we can control, things that make uh, that we don't have to have Washington DC's input to, to fix. Um, obviously, I wanna meet every quarter with my district, you know, and I'm talking about I mean, there's 13 counties in the district, so we've got 13, you know, we got to get each county, and maybe we'll do several, you know, meetings each quarter with uh, them. I mean, we've got people that, uh, you know, General Motors is a big uh, corporation in the district. You know, they've got people who work first, second, third shift, so, you know, I'm going to need to be available on second and third shift. You know what I mean? How many people out there are running for Congress consider – the second and the off shift people, nobody does, you know, no. because it takes a blue collar guy, Kramer, to focus on blue collar issues and workers issues, you know, people who are punching a clock working for a living, you know, we're the ones who are always getting rear ended and we're the ones holding up the dang country together because we're paying all the taxes and we're the ones that are going to work every day and, and trying to make sure that the country is doing what it's yep. supposed to be doing, functioning. Nope. Um, it's it's government that's making us corrupt and that's destroying us. So well, that's um, what I've been saying for the longest time, Mike. Is that this inflation? We didn't do it. 
it was all it was all the eggheads. It was all of the specialists. It was all of the the experts. It was the people that were supposed to be following. They're the ones that got us here. All the people who are Harvard educated, uh, a Penn educated, uh, they're from the Ivy League, and they've got a born with a silver spoon in their mouth. I'm talking. I know in a a bunch of uh, tropes here, but my point is is that the people that are telling us pay attention to us, we're the experts, got us here. It yeah. wasn't the average everyday Joe that that created um, uh, the financial tools that, that got us into the, the problems that we got into in 07 and 08. And it's it's not you and I that have inflated the, the economy. We, we didn't go out there yeah. and print, counterfeit all of that money and put it into the economy. Yeah. We didn't do that. The experts did that. Yep, the professionals did. So, you know, the, you think about the Constitution and the I, I, I've been reading a lot of the Constitution, especially like Article 1, Section 8. Let me read that real quick. The Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, exercises, and pay debts to provide for the general welfare of the United States. That's the power that the Constitution grants the, the Congress. Yep. And let me tell you what. Where does this – can you please anybody out there, please tell me where it says they can spend this into a black hole, you know, steal money from my grandkids or my kids – and they haven't even worked their first day on the job. And again, that's where I'm trying to tell people, I'm like, these guys are the professionals and they're the ones that are pounding us into the ground. They're the ones that are destroying us. Yep. And we just keep electing them over and over again. Politicians and lawyers have only given this country one thing, and that's problems. And yep. that's exactly why, again, I'm trying to tell people, you know, stop electing politicians. What do you have to lose? I'm, I'm, I'm using a a quote from Donald Trump, but what do you have to lose, you know, third district? We can do things differently. I'm not saying what we have is horrible, but we can do, we definitely aren't getting the government that we deserve right now. Yep. And we're, we, we've got uh, too many problems and nothing's getting fixed. I agree with you 100%. Our guest is Mike Felker. Mike is running for Indiana's 3rd District uh, Congress, going to D.C., wants to be a voice there. Mike, one more time, tell us where we can make a donation and learn more about you. Yep, donate $17.76 to my campaign, felkerforcongress.com. There you go. Mike Felker, thanks so much for being with us. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time, guys. We'll, uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow with another broadcast podcast if we can get these technical issues worked out. We've been building the system for a while, and we finally got the majority of it figured out. Uh, but it's still, every once in a while, we get a, we get a problem, and we'll get those taken care of. Uh, Mike, again, thanks so much for joining me. With that being said, my name is Kramer. We'll be back tomorrow, or as soon as we can. We'll see you then. You're watching Kramer Says.